Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow together with other mothers when autumn comes. Hi, guys. Oh, my gosh. If you guys could have seen the technology that we just have struggled with, you would think that this was our first episode and not our last of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is like the bookend to our first chapter, not the bookend, the last page of our first chapter, if you want to consider 2021 a chapter. Um, it's the wrap up. Man, we just did a year of podcasting. I know. And I kind of feel like we've been doing it for longer than that. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just, it's been crazy. It's been amazing. It, it, it was a crazy year in general. Let's be real. Yeah, it was. Ugh. 2021. I did not. I did not like 2021. 2021 was just a doozy of a year for my family. But I will say this podcast helped me in so many different ways. The stories we had before my kid died, the moms we connected with before all of the trauma. I think a lot of those women who may not know it, but those women and their stories and their children carried me through a lot of what I went through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I don't want to be that that person who says everything happens for a reason because I want to punch all of those people. But the people we had on the show all year long, but especially the people and the stories before Lorelai died um, really, really helped me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's pretty amazing how, I mean, I feel like it's God like intricately weaving things together and so many, even minuscule things that we don't see that help us and prepare us and give us a foundation to be able to hopefully get through what we're about to embark on. And that's what this has been for me, for sure. This podcast is really, there were a lot of things that I struggled with prior, you know, and the strength and the optimism that I heard from different people in their stories just kind of regrounded me. It helped me refocus and be able to move forward um, without so much fear, I think. So it was a pretty spectacular year. The strength and optimism, but also the darkness to realize that we aren't alone in this nonsense. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who got up on their platforms, which I, mm-hmm. th- nobody got up. We all didn't even get dressed. Nobody brushed their hair for the last year. <laughs> but thank you to everybody who used our platform to share the good, the bad, and the ugly because mm-hmm. so many moms and so many caregivers reached out to us over the year and said, thank you. Mm-hmm. So you all, you all made a difference. 
you know, when I talk about strength to your point of sharing the ugly, I had a tendency to always look months and months or years or however long ahead. And I had a lot of fear of going through what so many parents, including you and have gone through, you know, or my kid having to go through what they have gone through. And so that's what I mean by strength, you know, showing their strength, whether they feel like they have it or not has given me a lot of, um, I don't know. It makes me feel like I could do it. I wouldn't want to, but I could, if I had to, you know? And so, yeah, just a simple thank you. And gosh, like what about the people we are today versus the people we are a year ago when we started recording this? Yeah. Yeah. Especially what you. What would you tell, you know, especially you. No, I know. <laughs> what would you tell Diane a year ago who got a phone call from her little blonde haired friend, crazy blonde haired <laughs> friend in Virginia that she had never met before and was sitting down with a Yeti microphone for the very first time? <laughs> oh my gosh. What would I tell her? I would say do it all over again, for sure. I don't know. I got to think about that. What would you say to yourself? What you're about to embark on is bigger than what you can imagine. Um, Even though it may be tiny, I think it's bigger than what we could hope for. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make money podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) I would have told that to me a year ago. Like, hey, don't worry about making money podcasting. It's not going to happen. I don't have the words to describe when I kind of, I'm like literally sitting in my bedroom, looking at my unmade bed, you guys, this is not a fancy, anything fancy. And I'm looking out the window thinking, we interviewed people coast to coast. We knew some, we didn't know some. And somehow there's this deep connection and how like small we are in this massive world. I don't know. It's just kind of mind blowing. So I'm so glad I got to, or that we have had the opportunity to experience what that actually feels like, because it's really easy to just say, oh, I live in Minnesota and there's people like my child in the school district. And, but I mean, there are people all over this world, really not just our country, but all over this world that are walking absolutely different paths, but similar paths. And it's just been really, it's been really incredible. And I, I mean, I've said it that from the day I started my hairdressing career, like I love people. I genuinely love everything about them. I love their stories and their backgrounds and they just fascinate me and it's no different for this. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. And to make things sound even more like, like you said, we're sitting in our homes at one point was sitting with one child downstairs dying, one child a year old trying to navigate a baby. And I don't know how, I don't like you think, I don't know how we did this. Not to toot my own horn, but like, how the hell did we do this? <laughs> I don't know, but I think that's something I think a lot of, right? About everybody we've interviewed. How mm-hmm. did you do it? Mm-hmm. And everybody by human nature, whether it's right or wrong, we tend to put people on a scale of like, you know, where do you fall in the bad? Oh my gosh, that seems terrible. But I have found that like every, you know, we said it so many times, everyone's heart is hard. And this 
I never looked at that and was like, oh, well, that guess that only had to do that. Or yeah, literally every time somebody told a story, it just melted me to, wow, the strength that we have as humans that we don't see in ourselves, that other people look at us and are like, oh my goodness, how can that person do that? Or I have so much compassion. And that's the other thing I was going to say was the last year has helped me refocus on having empathy and compassion for people because you never, ever know what somebody has gone through. And I think that's such a gift. All of our stories were so different, but there was such Mm -hmm. a kindred bond between all of us. I never, I mean, I never listened to one story and thought, oh, well, you only have blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, I will, I will absolutely admit that I did listen to some stories and think, gosh, I wish I was that Mm -hmm. person's story. Um, Mm -hmm. I love my kids and I love my story, but I hate mitochondrial disease. And Mm -hmm. there are, there are several guests that, I mean, their story was just as traumatic and just as hard, but there are some stories that I just, I listened to and I thought, oh, I wish I had your story. And then Lorelai died. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, it was hard and it was awful and it was also tragically beautiful. And I don't think I... Uh, there are things I would change. Let's be real. I would give anything to have my kid here right this second. But our story is our story, and it's played out the way it's supposed to play out. And I'm so mm-hmm. honored that we had this podcast to capture what happened in quote unquote real time because I know, I know for a fact that other moms who have since lost their children since July when I lost Lorelai have listened and have said that all of the stories have been impactful. It has gotten me through. And, you know, one mom I'm thinking of in particular, her, her daughter died like three weeks after Lorelai. And she said that what we shared just helped her know that she could get through it. So I don't know, I guess if I was still talking to Suze a year ago, who, didn't know how to plug the microphone in. Um, no, wait, that was me, not you. Well, that was you. I absolutely knew how to plug <laughs> oh, my wait, microphone yeah. in. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, I don't know. I tell her to buckle up. And again, this is bigger. This is bigger than us. And our kids, our kids are freaking badasses. Whether they're dead yeah, or alive, yeah. they're all, all the kids in, <laughs> yeah. in this story, in this all of the kids that we have talked about in the last year, including our own, because of course we're going to toot our own children's horns. Right. Yes. They're all rock stars. They are. And I think, although this was probably one of the busiest slash more difficult years aside from Lorelai's passing, but just with the state of affairs of the world and inconsistent schooling, it really is a year that I will forever look back on. And I don't think I'll ever truly know how important of a part of my life it will be and and is. 
because I just think there are so many things that I'm, I, I mean, I think I'll be pondering it forever, you know, and taking away different interviews. I mean, I, there's some specific ones that I literally sit and play in my head when I'm having a rough day or, and they're so helpful. There's a couple quotes that have come from this that I feel like we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Let me know if there's any you remember, but Brittany said, hard is perspective. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Elena said, how do you pray for a Francesca? I loved that. Yes. Yes. I just said that to somebody the other day. I was like, I didn't know how to pray for a Sela. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? Um, Elizabeth, I love, like her entire thing I loved because, because I did lose Lorelai. I have heard Elizabeth's voice in my head saying, you just have to get out of bed today. And your goal today is to not kill yourself. Mm -hmm. Having conversations like that recorded and then hearing that in my head, like, I mean, the power. mm. And I think everyone, no matter where you are in life, no matter Mm -hmm. if you're Christian or not Christian, there has been, there has to, I hope anyway, one guest that has impacted you in that way. Like I know Mary Lenneberg for me was, I I think it was when we were recording, but it may have been after, you know, I was really struggling at that time when we talked to her a lot. And I was like, I'm going to miss something. Like God has given me this gift and this really hard cross to carry all at the same time. And I'm afraid he's like, okay, I'll just wait for you to open your eyes and figure out what I'm telling you to do with this. You know? And I'm like, what if I miss it? You know? And she said, you're in it too much. Get 10,000 feet above and look down at it. And I always think that, like, get out of where you're sitting in your head and look above and then try and process it. And I don't know what it was about that that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And so it's helped me not micromanage. And Mary said to me, well, I'd be sleeping with Lorelai if I were you. Like, it's okay to be sleeping with your daughter at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're... And... I had been sleeping with Lorelai at that point, but mentally I was just not okay with it. I was like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And I need sleep. And I was going back and forth between my room and Lorelai's room all night. And I don't know, like something as simple as her saying, it's okay to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. It was just a pivot that I needed. And I slept with Lorelai every night for the last six months of her life. And I felt good mm-hmm. about it because of those simple words from Mary. Yeah. And I think it was, it's everyone's ability to be vulnerable and sharing like the hard stuff that may, whether it's embarrassing or you're unsure, you know, like Angela's episode, she was the one that had the, both of her kids have autism and she, this was like her coming out and she's like, I was embarrassed. And as a mother, we have to know that every one of us likely would feel shame if we had to say that out loud. And yet we all feel that in some way, shape, or form. We And so just the vulnerability and the authenticity of every guest, I just think has been so beautiful. And, you know, I I do enjoy Instagram, but I also think this has allowed me to see even more rawness and more depth. Like I think sometimes, you know, on social media, you just see sometimes the good things or even the not good things. It's just a highlight reel. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's just even the not rule. good things, right? But like this has been, I don't know, the vulnerability has been really incredible. So for all of us, you and I included, I think this pushed both you and I out of our comfort zones of sharing our stories. And I feel mm-hmm. like too, it's helped. It's helped my friends and family understand a lot more of what we go through. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I've had some people say to me, I I really have to be in the mood to listen to your podcast. Everybody and it's not, says that too. Well, <laughs> is that a good thing about <laughs> the people that say it though are not medical moms. Mm-hmm. They are my friends and family. And it's yes. funny because I want to say like, bless their hearts because I'm Southern, but like, bless their hearts. I'm so glad that they have to be in the right mindset to listen to this. But then all the medical moms I know, we're all like, oh my gosh, I can listen anytime because y'all are my people. I finally found things that I like, I can connect and like, mm-hmm. it doesn't take me, you know, I'm glad that we went into this. So I don't know if people know this, but we went into this with two missions. I had a mission and you had a mission. And my mission was to love on moms and the people who love them, but to love on the mamas and make sure that they know they are not alone in their journeys. Mm -hmm. And you went into this. Go ahead and tell your mission. I don't know if I really... I was kind of along for the ride, I feel like, in the beginning. I loved you. I loved (laughs) you. You were like this crazy crazy person. She was like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, "Uh, okay. You were like, what's a podcast? Yeah. (laughs) I've never listened to one before. No, I had, so I don't. But as I start, I think like Sayla going into school and getting feedback from non-medical, you know, and special needs moms, I was like, I want to open the door to our lives. Like I want, you know, I got to go back and listen to Alana's because when we asked her what gave her hope, she said something along the lines of, I don't just want inclusion she's like, I am hopeful for a day where it like something along the lines of it comes naturally or, you know, the typically developing children want to just actually hang out, not like, let's just make it inclusion, you know? And that's what I want. Like, that is my goal is to open our door. And when people are ready to step in, I am there and I'm going to swallow some of the hard things that likely are going to get said or questions that are asked. And I will try and be as open as possible so you can learn because I think the other thing I've learned from a lot of guests is I'm ignorant when it comes to something other than my life that I live, right? Like I wouldn't necessarily know how to approach your child with autism confidently. That is what my goal had been for, you know, in the second half of this year. (laughs) I think we did it. I think, I think, um, I think we're still doing it. And I mm-hmm. we're talking a lot about like the past year. And I, I think people are probably listening going, are they like wrapping this project up? The way we're talking, we're like, it sounds like it's coming to a close. It's not, guys. We have Mm-mm. committed to another year of this, <laughs> give or take. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what the next year we, looks like. I feel like, we have- I feel like we're in a moment. Like we have guests lined up. We're going to continue. Obviously, just from the last six months, four months, it's just been not rocky, but like, it's been a grief journey for you. It's been a grief journey. And I think we can't forget to tell people that we are in the trenches, just like you guys. Mm -hmm. And 
behind this microphone, I can act like I have my act together, but I sure as hell don't. We are in the trenches just like you guys. And I actually had somebody say to me, everything you're doing for our community is just great. There's no way I could have done it when my child was alive. Like I just couldn't. And now that my child, one of my children is not alive, I am the one who's like struggling now because before it was like, just get stuff done. Keep going, keep going. Mm. There wasn't this like massive cloud. There was a massive cloud, but it was like a dark gray cloud and not a black cloud. But we are, we are in the trenches. We are doing, but we do have content set up for next year. We do. Um, we have some exciting things coming. So this is it for, for 2021. I'm getting a little emotional. I'm feeling, I, you know, it's not you? when autumn comes unless. Yeah, I'm no, not even I, emotional. I. It's been a year. I think leaving this year behind means I'm leaving my kid in a year without me. And we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast and we've talked to a lot of really cool people. And again, I'm just so grateful for everything we've done. And freaking 2021. <laughs> it's been a year. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you and Lauren Daigle. Oh, hell yeah, Lauren Daigle. Oh, goodness. It's been a year. What gives us hope for 2022? What gives me hope? I am the most depressed I've ever been in my entire life. I am not wanting to get out of bed. I am... I I don't have a job. I was let go from my job. I don't have anything beyond my household and my trauma in these walls. And taking care of Benji right now. Um, So I know it's going to sound cliche, but what gives me hope is doing this podcast and knowing that my story is bigger than these four walls. Um, Knowing that having my daughter and losing my daughter is bigger than me and that Lorelai is for a nonverbal five-year-old who never left her house made one hell of a dent in the world and that me through my writing and this podcast and painting I don't really know what I'm doing but I'm painting that that can give other people hope That's what gives me hope right now. I love that. What gives me hope? You know, I think that looking back, especially in the last year, there were numerous times where it was, okay, when this passes, we're going to be on the upswing. Okay, we're in the trenches, and then we'll get through it. And I felt like a lot of us have been knocked down and we like get up and just enough time to wipe ourselves off and we're back down and I'm realizing that 
you know, my typical answers like God gives me hope, Jesus gives me hope. Um, I'm finding hope in the perspective of that this life is a journey and I've heard it a hundred thousand times, but really grasping that that's what's going to happen. And somehow, you know, the falling and getting up and somehow we always have the strength to continuously put one foot in front of the other, no matter how hard it is. And I find hope and comfort in the fact that we're allowed to rest and then we get back up. And I just find that I have found that in our guests. I have found that in you. And I don't know, for some reason at this point in time, it kind of energizes me and it gives me hope that I don't have to wait for things to be better to feel better. God will give me the strength to continuously move forward, even despite the hard. So that's what's giving me hope right now. On that note, this is Susan. I'm going to go eat some peppermint bark. (laughs) Yum. This is Diane. I'm going to make some hot cocoa. Mm, You should put peppermint in Oh, you better believe it. I have Andy's mints to throw in that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. You know Starbucks has stopped. They're out of peppermint. I should get Andy's mints and take it to get my... Because I peppermint mocha is my love language right now. So mm, girl. the fact that they are out of peppermint... Mm. So good. Do it. Okay. okay. Happy New Year. Well, it's not New Year yet. We'll do a New Year episode. Say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is that you celebrate. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys.